Newcastle hates all I am. Hello. Harley. H-A-R-L-E-Y, if you don't know how to spell it. Boy, oh boy, do we have another absolute biggity bang show for you tonight. Is it tonight? I don't know. Maybe you're watching it tonight. Maybe it's the morning. Maybe it's the middle of the day. I have no idea. So all I can do is speculate and say, guess what? This show's good whenever you watch it, all right? Let's hone in on that fact, okay? This is not a, 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 a good morning America type of situation where once you don't watch it in the morning, it doesn't age well, okay? This podcast is meant to be evergreen. You can watch episodes in the middle of the night, put it on while you sleep. You'll probably learn something by osmosis. So speaking of the middle of the night, boy, oh boy, sup full, sup with me, well, a bunch of stuff. It's ironic that last week I was telling you about how dangerous it is to not get enough sleep, and here I am running on three hours of sleep because guess what? I wanted to go to a film festival last night in Santa Barbara. Mark, what are you doing in Santa Barbara in the middle of the night at a film festival? Well, my boy Nick Ritchie, who you guys know if you've been watching the podcast because he came on the podcast to talk about the film that was premiering at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival called 1-800-HOT-NIGHT. It, in fact, was dope AF. It, in fact, was a fantastic experience. It just put me in a position where I'm like, Ugh, you know, it, it starts at uh, 8.40. It gets out when you're at a film festival. It's not like you just go like, all right, movie's over. Bye-bye. Driving home. You got friends there. You're doing the Q&A. You're getting drinks afterward. You're talking to everyone involved. You're networking. You're doing all the things. And I don't begrudge that. I think that's what you need to do. To fully, that's like a once in a lifetime experience because that is the world premiere of 1 800 Hot Night. Quick movie review. It's great. You guys should really see it when it comes out. 1 uh, 800 Hot Night, N I T E is how it's spelled. Um, it's a coming of age drama about these three young men who, uh, it's loosely based on Nick's upbringing. So, like, these are, these are, Lower middle class kids who uh, the main character is dealing with uh, a parent being arrested and him like running from child protective services over the course of a night. But it kind of that's the catalyst for this adventure that they have. And I'll leave it at that. It's phenomenal. My friend Cameron, who I went with, who is also an actor and, you know, he's he's well steeped in entertainment. So this isn't just some random person saying this. He said, that was way better than I ever could have imagined. And I'd read the scripts and set them up to be like, this script's really good. Uh, but the movie did take it above and beyond. Met some cool uh, people there, including, let's just, let's just cut to the chase. Because last night, I met my idol. <clears throat> uh, his name is Javon Walton. You probably know him as Ashtray from Euphoria. Legitimately, I saw this kid and I was like, oh my God, I got to get a picture of you. Did I get a picture of Mike Tyson when I saw him in person? No. Did I get a picture with Ashtray? Of course I did, because I'm a bigger fan of Ashtray than I am of Mike Tyson. No knock on Mike Tyson, but you also don't seem like somebody that I'd want to sit down and have a conversation with. However, Ashtray was a very sweet guy. We talked about Euphoria because I just had to say, yo, this is one of the best TV shows of all time. Perhaps my favorite TV show of all time. It's open for discussion, and especially the last few episodes of the season, including the season finale, with the play within the screenplay, within the TV show, it's just absolutely mind-blowing how well it was done. No spoilers, but uh, Ashtray also has an amazing final episode of season two, and if you haven't watched it, I encourage you to, if you're into 
high-level art in TV. If you don't like that, if you like crappy stuff, if you like junk food entertainment, then don't watch it. But if you want to challenge yourself intellectually and artistically as a consumer, watch Euphoria. And you guys probably have already watched it already because you're a sophisticated audience. Wanted to give a quick shout out to the other, well, first of all, if you scroll down for a second, I texted that picture to my, the group text with Brendan and Chappelle and uh, other people that he tours with, the Beach Ass Tour group text. I said, met my idol last night. Brendan said, dream bigger, huh? <laughs> Brendan's always good for bringing you back to reality. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to some of the young actors, the three main leads, Dallas Young, Beast, Mylon Bradford, Beast, Garrison Machado, Beast. This is a picture with Garrison here. He came up to me and said, hey, love the podcast. I said, oh my God, me? You guys think me? And it actually was surprising because I'm like, oh, I didn't think about a 15-year-old actually watching my podcast. So mentally, I scanned all the episodes. Like, <laughs> how much inappropriate shit have you? No, but I really stand by. It's not like we're sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm advocating. If anything, I would want to hear a lot of the stuff that I'm discussing on the podcast as a 15-year-old. Um, I believe Garrison works out. He looks like, uh, you know, for a 15-year-old kid, he's got some pretty good muscular development. Garrison, if you're watching this, let's work out sometime, okay? Um, it was cool meeting you. You're super talented. And the three young leads, they're all very different. Um, I don't know what else Garrison and Mylan have done, but I know Dallas, for example, is on Cobra Kai. And these guys are all just, they've got it. They're future stars. They can, you know, go do whatever they want. I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for them. They nailed it in the lead of an independent film. And, uh, you know, the, the program, I don't know if he was the program director or just a guy who worked at the film festival, but he was like, specifically, this film is really stood out to us. He's like, oh, I couldn't wait to see this. This is like just one of our favorites here, blah, blah, blah. And I believe it, you know, made for 200,000 bucks. And what they did for that amount of money is, is absolutely phenomenal. So what else is going on in my life? Well, I, uh, as you guys know, I've been blasting Trent Winstrel Master on and a little bit of test, you know, just a little drip drop of test, but for this two week uh, film uh, music video preparation mini cycle that I'm doing just to test the limits of how much gear can I take in 12 days uh, without dying. Um, but in the middle of that, I got an offer that I couldn't refuse, which was Isaiah texting me saying, hey, are you down to do a Chick-fil-A eating challenge with Noel? Now, she, he didn't actually say Chick-fil-A. He said just like an eating challenge video, like ordering the whole menu or something along those lines of, you know, we're going to eat a lot of food. So I was like, I guess. I guess I could do that. And I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about diet a little bit um, because, like, I want to be open when I'm hypocritical or not doing the things that I'm preaching to you and go into, like, the reasons that, you know, I, it might have been last week when I shot the podcast. Yeah, I hit up McDonald's. It's like, and, and like when I go to McDonald's, like I'm getting 20 bucks worth of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm getting, I got a spicy chicken sandwich, McNuggets, a McFlurry, uh, apple, the, the blueberry pie, um, a Big Mac. And I ate all that and I was like, I could do that again. You know, it's a lot of food, but it wasn't like, I almost was like, I wanted to make myself sick so that I wouldn't want to do it again, but then that doesn't really happen. And also, I just wanted to address something. 
that's a flawed mentality when it comes to food or drugs or whatever, this idea that like, I'm just suddenly gonna get enough of this binge addiction thing that I have. You know, it's like, I'm just gonna keep doing cocaine until I'm sick of it. Well, turns out it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you're just gonna. Uh, it's like uh, if you're a kid and you get caught smoking cigarettes and they're like, you're gonna smoke a whole carton. Yeah. And then by that, and you're like, well, now I love cigarettes. Right. It's like, now I'm addicted to that. And I've actually yeah. watched my friends try to do that, like smoke enough cigarettes to the point where like they were puking. Like that was their big idea. And this is a friend of mine. Who, who did struggle legitimately with, with uh, nicotine and cigarette addiction, but the only thing that worked was like, um, Chantix. <laughs> Fucking Chantix. 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 I, <laughs> can they Photoshop the cigarette out of my mouth? If you haven't seen that. Uh, what's the dude's name? Kyle something? Kyle Dunnigan. Kyle Dunnigan. So good. He's so good. The, uh, the, the Ray Liotta Chantix commercial parody is just one of the best things on the internet if you haven't seen that. So that was the only thing we were from. And I remember he talked about going to like hypnosis and it didn't work and he was like aware of it as this guy's like, he's like, I can hear the one-on-one freeway in the background. I'm in this dude's basement, like in a recliner. It's super awkward. He's walking me through this thing and I'm just like, now certain people are susceptible to hypnosis and others aren't, but let's say he was not susceptible whatsoever. So the awkwardness of this experience that you also get a audio tape of afterwards was just tremendous and I got to witness him doing this like I'm gonna smoke a carton of cigarettes until I puke and it didn't work and they were also like they they had this vase that they put all the cigarette butts in like over time so it's like he was like smelling it and putting his face in it to like reinforce but it's like it just doesn't work that way not that I'm aware of and they tried it and didn't do it maybe it works for some people but this notion just to bring it back to the McDonald's, it's like, well, I'm gonna have this last hurrah. At some point, you just have to say, this still seems good to me, and I just have to stop. So I was in a habit of eating more fast food than normal, and that's okay because, like, as you're putting on muscle, like, it's not the worst thing in the world to, like, eat a bunch of calories and you have protein in there and you get extra carbs. It's not the best thing in the world, but, like, you know, it can actually help you put on some muscle, like, much more so than not eating in a caloric surplus. So, um, I have been putting on muscle, but also fat, and for, for reasons like that. But the day after that, I ate, uh, I made another impulse decision to go to In-N-Out and had a three-by-three three animal-style fries and a shake. Ironically, that fills me up a lot more. I don't know if you've ever had, like, with In-N-Out, like, having, like, a double-double, it's more filling than McDonald's. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, but I also hate to be like, In-N-Out's so good. It's just, like, the best quality. Like, it's still fast food, but, yes, it is higher quality. So... Like after that, I'm like, all right, I need to stop eating like 3,000 calorie fast food meals, uh, you know, and get back into see if I'm actually going to, you know, look decent and not puffy and bloated on camera next week. I need to stop. So I'm like, all right, hard stop. We're going to end this right now. This ends right now. Have you seen Barry? <laughs> right now. <laughs> and then Isaiah hits me up like, hey, want to do a 10,000 calorie eating? I'm like, I guess, you know. Every time I went out, they pulled me back in. But um, it was an interesting, fun little... Because, you know, I just really like Isaiah and Noel. They're fun people, and we had a lot of fun. Ordering the whole Chick-fil-A menu, go watch that video if you want. I actually was surprised to see that in... Without shoes, but with clothes on, I weighed like 260 to start with. That's the most I've ever weighed. Am I the most jacked I've ever been? Maybe? Eh, I don't know if I'm the most strong I've ever been, but I'm certainly... I weigh the most, and I have a size in certain areas that uh, is just unprecedented. Not in my penis, that's basically the same, you know, but like, ironically, you get bigger everywhere else, it looks smaller by proportion, and so, you know. That's why I'm trying to lean out. Yeah, 
Trying which be begs ratio. the age-old question. Do skinny guys have bigger cocks, or is it just an optical illusion? I'm willing to take the chance. Yeah, Do maybe the experiment. a little bit of both. Um, okay, and I just wanted to say, like, so, you know, I eat this fast food, and... It's okay to do that. Just know that, like, you're never going to get sick of it. <laughs> if something tastes good, it's probably going to taste good tomorrow. And fat and sugar are addicting, so at some point you just need to pull the plug. And I'm going to bring it back. There is a cake out there, the Ninja Turtle cake, that I just walked by, and it looks so good. Like, it's a high-quality cake. Should we go get it? Should we go get it? Meatball, no, go get the what cake. I did was, well, you, we could go bring it in. Yeah, if you bring it in, I want to show it on camera. Because I walked by, and I'm like, I want to take a piece so bad right now, but you know what I did instead? I sniffed it and walked, walked away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a pair of panties. Um, what? Who does that? I don't do that. I'm just saying, in theory, that's what somebody who's really creepy with panties would do, because I'm a food creep. Oh, here we go, dude. And this is one of those, like, you know, this isn't, like, a shitty... Safeway cake, like you can tell, like the sponginess, and mm, this is an actual. I mean, it looks to be and smells like an actual high quality Ninja Turtle cake. <laughs> okay, before I drop this all over myself and ruin the episode. Okay, you know, let's just jump into a Liver King meme of the week because he's our boy, dude. Can we get this video going? A little Instagram. Okay, I did it. I licked my fingers. And I'm hooked. So he's here. And the best bushman, the husband. This, this motherfucker clicking. I don't know if he's, he's like, is he talking or is he just like doing a parody of what white people think African bushmen speak like, you know? I don't know. And that's not enough for me to even speculate on because that's obviously racist. So... I wanted to show this one because he's with these, and I don't, is this part of like this New York, like where is he in the world? Where in the world is Liver King? If you know Carmen San Diego, you know what I'm talking about. You're also 40 years old like me. Now, what I thought was fun and ironic about this video, thank you, Christian. <laughs> Wipe the Ninja Turtle frosting off my face. What I thought was funny about this video is, like his whole thing is like, live like an ancestor. <laughs> Live like a Bushman, basically, and you'll look like this. And he's next to this dude who looks nothing like him. Like, obviously, this dude is like, you know, not enhanced and probably doesn't lift weights. But the contrast couldn't be more uh, stupendous as far as these dudes do not. And they look great. Like, they actually look, I think, if you did live, you know, like an ancestral tribe. And they tend to be really lean because, you know, if you're not eating a bunch of processed food and wolfing down two three by threes with animal fries yeah you know you're, you're probably going to stay at a healthy body weight but the contrast between him and a guy who preaches this ancestral lifestyle couldn't be more distinct let's go on to the liver king meme right below there this first one is <laughs> they took the picture of liver king throwing that spear and then this huge buff anime cartoon woman is going does my little burnt nugget man need his d-ball <laughs> He's saying, babe, help. And the D-ball's up at the top shelf of the, uh, the supermarket um, aisle because he's short. Get it? When your children, I just love this format too. What is this like? Is it Pawn Wars? I, I've never seen it, but it's like a pawn shop show, right? When your children are sick of liver and just beg you for normal food like a cheeseburger, Liver King chimes in and says, best I can do is testicles. <laughs> Okay, and we got a hella Mark Harley meme of the week. My man D. Rabone coming through. Oh, once again, this is that classic Spider-Man format. Tell me the truth. I'm ready to hear it. 
And Spider-Man goes, trolls in Harley's comments are insecure closeted gay men. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. And I always say it too, but it's like, you know, and I want to go into the hater of the week stuff a little bit more. Question of the day, am I on Kratom right now? Well, yes, in fact, I am. And I continue to be impressed with the effects of Kratom on my brain piece, all right? I'm using it like my limitless pill. I feel like it's it's a legitimate nootropic that I use for a little bit of stimulation, a little bit of brain enhancement that helps get me in the mood to speak into a microphone for an hour at a time and not stumble over my words, all right? It is a fantastic focus product. And again, with Happy Hippo specifically, I'm not just plugging Kratom in general, these are high quality products that you can trust. You can get pills, you can get powder, you can get these little shots that I really love that gives you a really good dose uh, in a very convenient fashion. So if you guys are into trying this stuff, I want you to check it out. Tell me what you think of it because it's going to be an ongoing discussion as I continue to find my perfect dose of Kratom. Check out happyhippoherbals.com and use promo code THICKBOY for 20% off for any order. I am genuinely interested to hear what you guys think about the product because I'm loving it and I want you guys to love it as well. It's not just about the haters, it's about the philosophy behind it. So I will go into that and, and kind of go into like, you know, is every guy commenting on my page a closeted gay man? I don't know. I think they're somewhere on that spectrum and it's indicative of this like lashing out behavior that is sort of mirrored by you're concealing something and something's wrong over here. Like there's pressure and stress over here that kind of makes this pop out over here. That's the way I conceptualize it. One of those things is if you're in the closet and you're thinking about nobody finding out about your sexuality or like this one dude a few weeks ago was like cuck, 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 like calling me a cuck 18 times. And it's like, it seems like you're thinking about cuckoldry quite a bit. <laughs> you know, if every comment on my page is about cucking, maybe that's something you're into. I don't know. I've never mentioned the word on my page nor is there any evidence publicly available that I'm a cuck. So not sure we're getting that from. Also, D. Rabone came through with this meme of <laughs> me, me and Chappelle in the classic Pulp Fiction scene. I love this. Like, the dude just surprises me every time. I'm like, you know, so it's me as John Travolta and uh, Chappelle as, you know, Morgan Freeman. No, just what? That's, <laughs> that's racist. Samuel L. Jackson. You read the Bible, Brett. <clears throat> that is one of my favorite scenes of all time. And I saw that as a kid, walked into the theater when I was there to see another movie and saw that scene. And I was like, oh my God. Traumatized in a good way because I wanted to go back and see it. But it was like the most interesting film scene I'd seen in my life as an 11 year old. All right, we got a hate of the week. Runner up. This guy comments. A lot of people have been shitting on me. Like, it's always funny. I'm like, did something happening? Like, people will just come like right away. I try to respond to people who comment on, uh, the YouTube page here. And again, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, I do want to interact with you here. It's also funny when like, as soon as the episode drops, like my haters do have alerts on because it's like the comments up front will be sort of, at least this week, very loaded with like just hateful crap like this. I lasted five seconds watching this trash. Why would someone actively work to set the bar so low? And I said, I only lasted four seconds with your mom. Heads up, you got a new little brother on the way. Bless up, fam. Pray hand emoji. Um, I just like having little fun comments like that because it's just so easy. And it's like, you know, what, what was the first five seconds of my podcast? Me saying, I'm hella Mark Harley. Like, you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> and he's like, this is garbage. So it's always funny because with the haters, you know, you're, you're commenting on something that's an hour long. So, like, 
either you admit that you stayed and watched the entire hour and have some sort of substantive critique, or you're saying, I didn't watch any of it, but it sucks. Oh, a little bit of a trap there. Okay, this week I wanted to go, I'll just set it up real quick because I feel like my response to this could be confused for defensiveness and it even makes me think about somebody else like the criticisms were about my legs of all things which is just it's hilarious to me because growing up people would always like be shocked at how big my legs are compared to the rest of my body or I'd always have this response of like you know like they'd see my quads for the first time and I'm not bragging it's like I didn't like that I didn't like like thinking that my legs were disproportionately big but it was like my whole life this you know my whole life people have been making fun of my lips like especially growing up like as being too big or whatever and then like now I'm in my 30s and guys are like you have lip fillers it's like no I didn't choose to look like this you know yo you're getting it the opposite of what would be going on if anything I'd have them reduced you know as as a extension of an insecurity so where do my insecurities lie not in having legs that are too small like I and I have insecurities as everybody does I don't feel like I need to you know go into them or like scan my brain right now if they come up I'll talk about them but you know, one of my insecurities, for example, is asymmetry, like left-right asymmetry from like my shoulder injury. Like that bothers me a ton. The idea that I would have skinny legs is like the million thing. Like it, would, it just wouldn't even exist. It's not even on the list. So some girl came to my page and was like, don't forget leg day. It doesn't follow me. Uh, you know, I never commented. And I was like, have you seen my legs? Um and then she said, yeah, what is your leg day? Trying to learn. And I'm like, kind of seems like you were telling me to not skip leg day. And then she says, that was until I saw your legs on the 495 deadlift, which is like, a, you know, my recent video doing 495 for nine. Not recent, but like the most recent deadlifting videos. Please share. Now, I didn't respond to her because I'm like, she turned it around and I appreciate that, that she came to me and said, like, I want advice from you. But if you have the energy of going to somebody's page, and it is like, it's in the big scheme of things, obviously, it's very innocent, but... I just don't endorse that. I don't endorse going to people's pages and like being like, your boobs are too small. You know, you're not tall enough. Like you're ugly. It's like, what? that doesn't need to be said. And if you're going to make a comment like about somebody's physique, at least make it accurate. So it's like, yeah, hey, I don't have small legs. And then you got mud on your face. Like, oh, well, I, then I looked at a video. And anyway, the next guy, Manning underscore 22, who doesn't have any posts, but he has this, you know, a picture of his physique and his little avatar here. Obviously nothing impressive. And I think I even saw on his page, he's like 20 years old, which makes sense. Like a lot of these guys, I'm like, I can tell you are a man who's 18 to 22 and you're confused about how to behave on the internet. You think this is cool or something like that. So he says, leg day. I said, oh, I need to do leg day because my legs are skinny. And he says, literally fucking yes. And I said, thank you for making yourself look like a fucking idiot publicly. And I went into it more with him, but like I posted about it and I guess I just had a lesson of like, if I'm ever doing stuff like this to other people, check me into rehab because obviously I'm on drugs, um, you know, or put a bullet in my head or check me somehow because this energy of like going to strangers pages to critique their body and then not even doing it in an accurate way is just mind blowing to me. Why would you do that? Don't do that if you have that instinct write it down on a piece of paper and throw it away because you're just off track in some major way. And I'll say this, going into explaining myself or posting it, because like anytime I post haters, for me it's a way to, it's like I post it and then I let it go. 
I don't think about it after that unless I'm going back to like, oh, what's my hate of the week? Then I think about like, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember what he looks like. It doesn't actually stick with me because it's kind of like releasing it. Now, if blocking that person is that thing for you or ignoring them, good. But people will come to me and be like, you should really block the um, or ignore them or do like people telling I hate people telling me what to do. And it's like, do you understand what I'm doing? No. So my process to inform people like, hey, this is what I'm going through. And I can still say resilient and still say positive and still kind of like call people out. And it honestly doesn't bother me. Like if you could hook me up to some sort of heart rate monitor or detect my stress levels, it happens so much that my responses are not born out of stress or being agitated. And maybe it's a little bit exciting to go back and forth with somebody, but like, I'm not like <gasps> getting angry, getting really stressed, getting really defensive. And I don't know if that comes across or not. I just have this promise to you that, you know, things are <laughs> okay in my mind when I respond to these haters and it's not eating away at me. It's a demonstration. It's like exhibitionism for me. And I just want to instruct people like, this is one way to deal with it. If you want to make it fun, make it public, show other people, release it, take away the power of this person trying to sort of like criticize you one-on-one -on -one and like let everyone in on the joke that like this person went to a man's page who has 30 inch thighs and said, your legs are too small, right? It's just like, uh, yeah, I use the example of, it's like me, you know, telling this guy who's white, like, you're Saudi Arabian. No, I'm not. You have three hands. No, I don't. Like, what? You know, are you? <laughs> but, then, but then he doubles down or I double down. Like, huh, that's why you're so defensive. I'm like, no, it's not being defensive. Like, I'm just saying I don't have three hands. I have two hands. Can you see that? Like, but these people always want to double in and double down. And I try to have a conversation with them, too. Maybe you can do this as well. I try to, like, converse and engage because then you get to see other forms of their thinking, right? If you ask them like, hey, do you think, cause he kept referring to me being like soft or weak or whatever. And I'm like, do you think that engaging with people in this way on the internet makes you look tough or hard? And he wouldn't answer that. But these are basic questions where it's like, so if you're accusing me of appearing like this because I'm behaving a certain way, do you think you're coming across as the opposite of that? Honestly, because for most people, they're not going to be able to answer that honestly. And if they were, they'd have to change their mind. So I like, you, you know, setting up rhetorical traps like that, where it's like, if you think I'm weak for responding to, do you think you're strong for engaging with me? Another man who you don't know, critiquing his physical appearance on the internet? Ugh. Hell is Chef Harley. Once again, some things that I've been messing around with. First of all, Casey just blew my mind with a new flavor of premier protein shake can we get it on camera chocolate peanut butter chocolate it peanut tastes butter. like a melted down pb cup and your boy loves yeah. them some they're PB so cups. good like every and the i just so i went to costco they didn't have the flavors i usually get but i do like the vanilla vanilla is exceptional it's like a vanilla ice cream flavor what i've been doing oh i'm gonna run off for a second all right there goes mark uh, i'll hold down the fort um don't you hate when people are mean to you um on the internet i'm always like hey quit it all right mark's back hey stop being mean on the internet <laughs> haters okay this stuff right here these are great because i find myself like i i like coffee i make it in the morning but this is like sort of idiot proof like you don't have to grind the beans or do anything and it's actually so fine it's so finely grounded that what do they do to micronize it like you don't actually have to have hot water either. You can just put it in cold water. So you can mix one of these packets. This is like a cup of coffee. So I'll put like two to make it a strong cup of coffee, like a double strength cup of coffee um, or a double shot of espresso into a vanilla shake with some ice and mix it up. And it's like, it's it tastes like a latte, right? Because it's like, oh, you got the vanilla, you got the coffee flavor. 
And instead of just drinking like the milk aspect of it for the calories, you get 30 grams of protein. So I've been starting my day with this. It's just a super simple hack. Another thing that you can do is, uh, I've always been a big oatmeal guy for when I'm cutting because it like, it's a good carb that fills you up and also puts this cap on like, if I have cereal, I'm gonna eat it more. Even if it's Magic Spoon, but like, you know, the hack of Magic Spoon is like, well, you can eat the whole box. Oh no, you just ate 80 grams of protein. Um, not the worst thing, but you did just spend seven bucks, you know, because that's how much a uh, box of their cereal costs. So with oatmeal though, if you prepare it on the stovetop, it takes a few minutes, but I'm less likely to then do it again, even though it tastes good. I put a little Splend in there. I do the old fashioned oats. I like the consistency. I put a cup of uh, this three berry combination you can get at, at Costco that's blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. It tastes amazing. Put it in while it's still cooking so it melts it a little bit. You get some of that juice, you swirl it up, put some Splend in there, and then guess what? You put this as PE signs. Somebody send me these. I need to get more of it. But this will make it so your cup of oatmeal plus this is 25 grams of protein. Tastes great. Um, the oatmeal cup plus the blueberries and raspberries and blackberries, it's like 76 grams of carbs. So that's a good like pre-workout. You know, you could eat that as a breakfast to start your day. Normally, again, it's probably the upper limit of carbs I'd eat in a meal if I'm on a moderate carb diet. But oatmeal fills you up and you're less likely to be like, oh, I'm going to get another serving because it isn't there because you didn't make it. And uh, you don't want to spend 10 minutes cooking more oatmeal. Okay. Bro Science Academy is the next segment. Boy, oh boy. I, speaking of Noel earlier. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> can we scroll up for a second? Is there a, that video of, no, you know what? It's down a little bit. I just wanted to say this with the Chick-fil-A stuff. It's under there. There we go. <laughs> oh, no. It's a McChicken nugget in Chick-fil-A sauce. Somebody stop me. <laughs> and then he's like convulsing on the ground. So that just took him. And this guy's like, I think he could say anything with that face and I'd laugh. Now, is he morbidly obese? Yes. Uh, you know, is this his aftershot? Yes. After eating that chicken nugget injected with Tren, does he look like that? Of course. But I just wanted to bring that back because I'm going to be talking about Noel again. Um, I, I watched a video after I saw Noelle's vlog that I did with her. I saw another video where she's deadlifting and she had a common problem that people have where their hips shoot up when you're starting the deadlift. And I've had that happen. Many people have. When you start to go heavy, like you, your hips shoot up and people go, I don't know what the deal is or whatever. It looks bad. You know it's wrong, but like how do you fix it? And from my perspective, it's about creating tightness in your upper back because if you can – keep your scapula engaged, if you can keep your traps flexed, if you can keep your lats packed, quote unquote, which is like you flex them and bring them down here. If you can keep your upper, upper back muscles engaged at the start of the lift, you can't uh, have a cat back or your hips really can't rise because in order for your hips to rise, you have to like change the angle. Your arms actually have to come away from your body uh, in order for your hips to rise because you're like this and your arms are here. So for your hips to rise first, you see that your lats have to uh, stretch out, even if it's just slightly. And your, or your traps have to go from here to here in order to have a round cat back. So if you can work on basically getting that bar off the floor, like with your upper back, it's almost like starting a deadlift position and shrug it off the ground. If you can do that, then you can deadlift the weight. And if you can think about that, 
as an individual cue and then turn that into a simultaneous cue that you can like pull with your scapula, your traps, your lats as you engage and push into the floor, then you'll never have that problem. So that's just a quick little thing that most people struggle with, especially when they're starting to deadlift and they go a little bit heavier, you, you hit your upper limit, but you can fix it by consciously thinking about your upper back engagement and shrugging it off the floor, so to speak. And is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Maybe, maybe not. Um, help, I'm on steroids. Ah! I'm on steroids. <clears throat> now, I had a couple conversations recently with uh, a guy named Warren, who's a filmmaker who I saw last night, and also Chin, our beloved Chin, who produces The Fighter and the Kid and The Shop Show and some other stuff. Um, you know, he's, uh, he was recently voted Best Asian Podcast Producer uh, on the Internet. So we have a lot of award-winning podcast producers here in the Thick Boy studio. One of the things he told me recently, because he was looking into TRT, and a lot of people go to these clinics, and they just want to get the steroids. You know, they just want to get on the testosterone. So like, man, I don't need the other stuff. But what they will offer to you first is, hey, do you want to try HCG and Clomid? That's basically a way of kickstarting your own nuts, okay? Now, does it work? It, in fact, does. He said, I forget what his starting point was, maybe like two or 300 nanograms per deciliter, but he got up to this like high end of the reference range, over a thousand from what I remember him saying, nanograms per deciliter just using Clomid. So if you're in a position where you feel like your test is low and you want to try to fix it without injecting testosterone directly into your body first, use that. And I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine, Warren, who was asking about the same thing, and I don't think he was super excited to start doing TRT, but he is in his mid-40s and, you know, had the symptoms of low testosterone. And it's also just, there's kind of this cycle that happens that, you know, it's not necessarily just like having low testosterone doesn't cause this, but like, let's say you're sitting all day. Let's say you're inside, because he's a filmmaker and he's been like editing this uh, tiger documentary that he shot all this footage in, in India and like, it's like been an obsession for years, this project, and he's like, let himself go, you know, according to him. And these things all compound. If you're sitting, if you're not lifting, if you're getting older, if you're not getting sunlight, all these things kind of, they, they conspire together to make you kind of feel like shit. Now, just doing testosterone could bust you out of that, right? But it also could just be like getting back to the gym. Um, you know, or just going on walks, getting sunlight, like not sitting as much, just being more active, um, all these things, because, you know, it's also like low sex drive. Okay. All these things could work in a story. You could boost your testosterone just from lifting heavy things. We had this conversation about like how to change your momentum as I, many of my conversations. It's not about like giving me the perfect program or doing this. It's about like, I'm here and like my momentum is going in this way. I'm here and I'm eating McDonald's and in and out and Chick-fil-A every day. How do I switch that? How do I walk past the cake? in the middle of the studio. Uh, and for those kinds of people who don't necessarily want to commit to TRT for the rest of your life, you can use HCG and Clomid, get your own natural test going and potentially put yourself in that high reference range for quite a long time. And when it wears off, you can do it again. But it's also something that people need to use. I'm always shocked by the amount of people that don't know the basics about post-cycle therapy. You should use that. If it's available to you, if you know where to get it, uh, I go to lralabs.com. But there's also like Peptide pros, all these, like if you look up peptides or Google HCG or Clomid, you can get this stuff online in this kind of 
market like gray area where you don't need to go on the dark web to order it, but also you need to click the box that said, I'm experimenting with this on my rat and it's not for human consumption. So like literally, you know, as long, as long as you click that box, it says you're not going to ingest this as a human. You can buy all sorts of things online. And, but like it works. And if you, if you don't want to commit to injecting yourself once or twice a week, because a lot of people are averse to that and I get it because it's annoying as, as fuck. I'm injecting myself two to three times a day now. And it's just annoying, you know, because I'm using uh, hundred milligrams of Tran a day and also one to 200 milligrams of Mastron. And those are all hundred milligram shots. So I have to like inject here, inject here, inject here, take 200 milligrams of Winstrol until my liver dries up and crumbles and blows away in the wind. But, you know, speaking of that, because that is part of the help I'm on steroids that I wanted to talk about. Don't try this at home. Don't take that much trend or that much Winstraw. Like what kind of moron would take 200 milligrams of Winstraw a day? I don't know. But I'm experimenting with this upper limit stuff for a very short amount of time, believing that it will be safe for me in the short term, or at least that I'm not going to die of a heart attack. And I want to be able to report back to you like, hey, I took a walk on the wild side. I know what 700 milligrams of trend a week feels like, and I will report it now, which is the difference between that and for instance, nandrolone, which is less androgenic than test. So I was taking nandrolone alone for a while, and because it's less androgenic, you feel less of that adrenergic signaling that's just this fight or flight response. You feel less aggressive, perhaps less desirous to work out. Like I'd find myself walking into the gym and doing this. <sighs> Like, I just don't want to be here. I'm making myself do it, and I think that's a good attitude to have is just do it anyway. But when you're on trend and you're on a strong androgen, you're excited. You know, like, I'm running on three hours of sleep, probably less because I woke up multiple times. Um, and you kind of – it puts you in that hypomanic state. I wouldn't recommend doing that for very long because part of it is, like, anything that puts you in a hypomanic state, whether it's organic mania – whether it's uh, stimulants, cocaine, amphetamine use, it feels good for a while. And you're going to feel like I'm on top of the world and I can do all these things and nothing can stop me. Your reduced need for sleep quickly will turn your brain to mush and also induce psychosis. Like you just can't take amphetamines on an increasing basis or whatever. like if you're prescribed Adderall, you just take the same amount every day, that's fine. But if you're like, if you give the average person a pile of amphetamines, or you put them on trend at this high of a dose, it doesn't take very long to, for that to start really interrupting your sleep, and that's when those problems happen. That's when you start to hallucinate, right? That's when you start to get really short-tempered because your executive functions are compromised when you don't have sleep. So, you know, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg with regards to, you know, does trend itself make you this roid-raging asshole, or is it preventing you from sleeping which turns anyone into an asshole. At least it's, you know, it, those are all related things. So I'm just saying, I'm going to do this for a week and then not do it. And I just wouldn't recommend doing these high doses on a long-term basis if for nothing else, just the fact that it interrupts your sleep and that's so important and bad things can happen when you're a guy who's not getting sleep and also full of androgens that make you aggressive. And I will say this, in response to minor frustrations, I'll have fantasies of violence now. Or it's like something happened and I'm like, I want to kick that person. I don't do it, but it's like that flash in your head, you know, like I could solve this by hitting that person. I don't do it, but like if you're not emotionally mature enough to handle those situations, because of course, like most men have those 
rushes of like, I want to respond like this. And the first time I did Trent actually in college, I remember getting in a fight that was totally avoidable, but I just like wanted to hit this guy who was acting like a dick, but I could have avoided it. And uh, you know, I hit him and broke my hand, cool. Um, not cool at all because <laughs> that's just a very, very minor example. I could have gone to jail. It's a very minor example of you know, these, these impulsive decisions that you make that are hyper-aggressive that can have real-world consequences. Like the doctor is telling me not to lift. He's like, we're gonna put a cast on. I'm like, no, 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 I have football. You know, I'm gonna be lifting all summer. So I like didn't put a cast on my broken hand so I could continue to lift. The ultimate meathead move, took Tren, beat somebody up, didn't listen to the doctor, kept lifting weights. Mark Harley in a nutshell. All right, is there other cool stuff I saw on the internet this week? Me think so. There's a link right above the fat kid. There we go, hidden in there. I've, oh, did you see this video? He says he can't face it, not yet. So this guy put something like he put a speaker or something big in there in his little hatchback, and it was just big enough that like the angle of the hatchback hit the thing, the corner of the thing that he's putting in there. So he slams it down and the window breaks and he just immediately has to look away. And I just related to that so much because things will happen sometimes where it's like you just spill like a whole plate of food or dump something and you know, it's like, oh my God, this is such a huge mess. Like I just fucked myself over for no reason, but I just, I need 10 seconds. I can't look at it. Like I just, I'm gonna pretend like nothing happened for a minute to gather myself and calm down. And I just like, this is just a perfect, execution of that and right? he puts he his looks, hand, yeah he puts his hands in his hoodie he's like yeah just right like the most like this isn't this didn't just this happen. is yeah this isn't happening no yep. this is this is uh no but pretend like uh, that was just i'm chill a this is dream chill. yeah it's totally chill and somebody was like i don't think he so i show this to somebody like did, did he notice it and i'm like oh he noticed it because what he does is this little yeah. look at it he goes <laughs> but i like that because he collects himself he doesn't hit anyone in the face like I did at 22 years old on Tren. And uh, he keeps it moving and figures out what he's going to do with his broken hatchback window. Okay, a lot of people have been asking me really cool stuff because I'm an authority on so many different things. This was, a, you know, I, I think I've answered this question like generally before, but I wanted to touch on it again. Hey, Mark, I had a question that I'm sure you'll have an answer to. I like that confidence in me. He's, he's sure, he's positive we'll have an answer for him. What do you do to mentally get past a less than ideal workout? And this guy's James Malden, by the way. Um, I find every now and then when I leave the gym and didn't meet my expectation for that particular session that it kind of eats at me a little bit. Do you have any potentially helpful advice in that area? So I almost hesitated to do this segment because I'm like, does this sound repetitive? Because I kind of give the same message a lot, but I thought it was worth he didn't know what my message was in this, so I feel like, okay, well, if he pays attention to me and he's not, he doesn't feel like I'm going to be repeating myself, let's go for it. Good question. I try to find something that was worthwhile. I give myself credit for showing up. That is huge. Because at minimum, you're giving your muscles a reason to not shrink. You're burning calories. You're sticking to a routine. You're doing something that's healthier and more productive than not showing up. And when I say giving your muscles a reason not to shrink. That's like, if you go up and do a heavy set of bench press, that actually is beneficial because it, it says to your body, whoa, 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 let's not go catabolic this yet. Whoa, 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 we still need this because your body's always evaluating your muscle mass. Like, do we need all this? Do you need to be 260 on Chick-fil-A and trend? But uh, if you do a bare minimum, it is effective. Like your body, if you, don't, if you do nothing, it's gonna shrink a lot faster. You're gonna lose those gains. 
compared to doing a minimum amount of sets, which could be just literally one hard set of bench press or a few sets of like 80%. So there's always something there. And then you're showing up and you're burning calories, you're doing something, you're getting your heart rate up a little bit, and all of that, even just walking around to the gym versus sitting, even keeping in that routine so that, like I was telling my brother this because he's having a this nagging back injury, I'm like, go just show up and like lay on a yoga mat for 10 minutes because at least you're going, at least you're going, I'm showing up and the people at the front desk know me and it's not gonna be one of these weird things like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in three months. And then you're ashamed and then you don't wanna come back. Like build the rapport with these people and build yourself in your own mind as somebody who shows up to the gym. Okay, so it's more productive than not showing up. And more specifically, I use different ways to tell myself I improved. If I can't PR that day in straight like weight total, I add a set or do something new, do a new exercise so that that immediately becomes the PR because I've never done that before. Add pause reps, do a drop set, do a circuit, you know, instead of doing all these things straight, like combine them in a, you know, 10 minute full body circuit, which, and, and drop all the weight down to something minimal, but all of a sudden you did a hit cardio circuit. Remind myself that if the workout was less than ideal because of physical limitations, like not being fully recovered, Getting blood into the muscle is still beneficial. So these are all just mental tricks that I go, it was still worth it, it was still worth it, it was still worth it. I always say this too, and I told this to, to Warren last night, if you get to the gym five times and one of them or two of those workouts were hard workouts, you're, you're in a, a, a surplus as far as making improvements to your body, right? You are winning. If you get two hard workouts a week or even one and the rest of them were half-assed, you're still building the habit, and that is so, so, so important because of the long term, you want those 200 workouts in a year. You don't want the 30 workouts that burn you out, and you're trying to puke after every single leg workout. That's another thing we talked about where it's like, you know, and he's a former competitive swimmer. He knows what it's like to push himself and probably knows what it's like to get to that point of so much lactic acid coursing through your veins that you do want to puke in the nearest trash can, but instead you just suck it up keep that speedo on, do another 200 butterfly, and think about killing yourself at a later date. So, hella sick fitness pages. Oh my goodness. We will go on to this guy, William Rattel. Dude's a beast. I think he's the strength and conditioning coach for North Dakota State, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry if you're watching this and that's not true, but he is the head strength and conditioning coach, from what I understand, of a major uh, NCAA team, and boy, oh boy, is he living his, uh, his message because if you go to his page, you're just going to see him lifting heavy, doing cleans, dunking. Like, you know, he's just, uh, he, he's, he's a white guy who looks like he's like 250 probably. I don't know, like he's, he's thick and he can dunk like with ease. And so you're just going to see a lot of workouts that you can do and he gives these um, easy directives, like if we click on this things, it's like squats and dunks. One, prep for takeoff. Two, takeoff. So here he is doing a safety bar squat with like 455 it looks like, and then he goes and practices the dunking. So he gives these simple directives of like one, two, three, right? Let's click on another video, whatever it is. Um, this one, squats and dunks, get big legs, get big bounce. So you kind of see him like getting speed out of the bottom with these reps and then practicing his dunk. Now, <laughs> this is a great page if you really want to dunk, but also it's anything because he's, he's showing you how the basics translate to these important athletic things. Humongous horseshoes for your triceps, primary heavy dips, secondary close grip floor press, 
tertiary lying extensions. And so that's a good basic format where you take these heavy compound movements and then you work your way to these more isolated, but still heavy. As I've never seen skull- that, that. What's that? The lying extensions. I've never even seen that. That looks interesting. Yes. Yeah. Skull crushers. And he's doing a little, he's bringing that stretch in more because you can kind of do a, there's a, a variety. It's like if you take a close grip bench press and then you start to move it here, it like, I think this is called like a JM press or something, but it's like, these are all, you know what I mean? It's like varying difficulty. Easiest, this becomes a little bit harder, a little more triceps, a little less shoulders. And, and then all the way back here, what you're really doing is stretching that long head you know, so if you bring it all the way back here and it also becomes this kind of almost explosive movement with your lats too. He's not really doing it. He's a little bit. Yeah. But that's like, that's a good athletic movement. Cause that's like a throwing movement now. Um, but I just love pages like this to take these principles of building muscle for a purpose for athleticism. Here he is doing heavy snatch, like hang snatches, you know, that looks, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. Um, it might say there, but I'm guessing it's like, could be like 275 actually just hang snatching that which is a lot of weight um to just throw up over your head in one movement but check them out it's will w-i-l-l dot rattel r-a-t-e-l-l-e you will learn something just by going to his page and watching a few videos especially if you're interested in athletic performance and also he's got um a podcast it's called Barbell Nerds, I think. Yeah, that's what it is, Barbell Nerds. And he also has a, he has a book that you can buy that would go into depth on sets and reps and all. Because you can watch these little videos and get something out of it. If you want to take his program, uh, it's called The Haas Project. So if you're looking to get big and also be athletic, go buy his program. These guys are good faith actors. Like dudes like this where it's like they're not trying to rip you off. They're showing you I do the basics. I do them really well. And that leads to me being able to dunk on these fools. Okay. Why don't we finish up with some This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Gyms? Because this is why we can't have nice gyms. This is a guy, I feel bad for picking on him, but at the same time, every time I'm in the gym, he's doing the most ridiculous stuff. He's doing the the Spider-Man, like, taking the whole cable stack. And I was talking about this with another guy who goes to the gym with me. He's like, oh, have you seen this guy? He always does that, like, because he just takes up so much space, and it's obnoxious. Now, I did my secret recording of him. I'm always so self-conscious and I feel bad, but at the same time, he doesn't watch my podcast. So whatever, dude, he's doing like what you would assume is an attempt at a rear delt raise, but he's using 70 pound dumbbells and basically just swinging. And it's like, I'm sorry, but there's no tension there. And also if you could do that with any sort of correct form with a 70 pound dumbbell, your rear delts would be huge. Like you wouldn't look like this guy. And I'm not saying he's in terrible shape, but at the same time for all these, like if you're going to be going out of your way to have these unconventional lifts, like be ripped, be massive, have something to show the rest of the world. I'm not a complete maniac. This actually works. Right now I'm seeing none of that. And so I just think it's funny and I will continue to film this guy because this is exactly what not to do. And I want to interview him and be like, where did you get the idea that instead of doing a 20-pound rear delt raise, I need to quadruple that weight and get nothing out of it? <sighs> this I thought was a funny little video. This guy goes, uh, let's get it. Tricep rope. What is this? A plan of fitness maybe? Who knows? Uh, 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 and he licks the wiener. <laughs> I don't know if that was planned or what. Maybe what, but he pulls it off where he's like, he like legitimately looks like he's looking for the other side of the rope. And then it's just like this big black dong in his face. And he just like licks it like so mildly, you know, like it's just a, you know, an automatic response. Okay. And we have one more. We're going to end on this. 
This dude runs over to spot. I can't, like, we have to analyze this because I'm going, there's so much going on in this video. The guy runs over, slips on, is that a, like a foam roller on the ground? Or no, no, it's the, it's those, uh, the pins that you put in the squat rack, right? No, I can't even see what it is. Is it a metal thing or is it a foam roller? But suffice to say, he, he runs over to spot a guy who doesn't even look like he's having trouble. Like the bar dips for a second on his bench press, but it looked like it was traveling upwards. So don't run over and touch somebody's bar that is traveling upwards. But then this guy goes and grabs it, slips on the thing. His hand goes right to the dude's dick and destroys the entire lift. Like he now is shoving 315 pounds down on the guy's upper chest to neck area. Another guy comes over and tries to salvage it, but by then it's too late. So people in the comments are like, is this real? And I'm like, if it isn't, you guys are brilliant, but like, how do you plan the slip on the thing and fall to the dick? Like, that looks real to me. Casey, what do you think? I think it's fake. Okay, I think they planned it. I think the speed with which he turns his hands over and Uh goes from I'm pulling immediately to I'm pushing, it Uh feels, it doesn't feel... Okay, right. That's a good. That's a good one. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he does. He comes under first, and then when he slips, all of a sudden he's pushing down. You're right. That is a good point. My big issue is like slipping is dangerous. So unless you're like a stunt guy, well, you are a stunt guy. So maybe you're looking at this through the lens of like I could pull that off. But I'm looking at it like, what if you tear your ACL doing this stupid thing, and then you're like, wow, yeah, it was a dick grabbing prank, and now I don't have an ACL. They could have rehearsed it. This could have been the fifth take, sixth take. But as soon as this foot touches like it's not even slipping yet he turns the christian i want you to chime in on this do you think it's real or fake i did see i did see this too i mean it looks real but the way like what confuses me is it looks real he goes to stop himself like this and then switches and throws himself okay, yeah. over. So you're, yeah. So like. You it, see Casey's point that it's a little suspicious at the. It is. Where it goes and from also spot like, to save yourself. Yeah. And also after he falls uh, yeah, on him. Yeah, you're right. And crushes right. his boy. Yeah. And he like he, that guy's helping him try and bring the weights up. He's just staring at his boy like, damn. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. So. And he does push it down. Let's leave it to the audience. What do you think? Real or fake? Drop it in the comments. Let's see who wins. We're going to take a tally. We're going to do the poll. We're going to come back. We're going to circle back. We're going to put a pin in it. And you know what else we're going to put a pin in? My body. Because I'm taking 700 milligrams of Trend per week. I'm taking 1,400 milligrams of Winstrol per week. I'm taking 700 to 1,400 milligrams. I haven't even decided on my Masteron dose, okay? I just want to show you guys. Okay, I'm going to get this out of here, okay? This is for posterity's sake, all right? We're just going to do a little bit of, <gasps> do I look bigger? Also comment there. Do I look bigger? Do I, do I look big? Do my legs look small <laughs> off camera? Do I look small? Do I, do I look insecure flexing for your approval in the comments? Do I or not? Let's start a GoFundMe and we can get Mark therapy sessions so that he doesn't have to be insecure about his asymmetrical body parts. Okay, let's do it. Bye.